Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 22. Not too much going on in the sports world right now. We got uh, NFL Week 8, preview that, games against the spread. I also did my top 10 wide receiving cores, just cores as a whole. I was going to do top threes, but then going through them made me realize that it's not really fair to just base a whole team based off three wide receivers because tight end is important what does the running back do it's all kind of connected other than that we got uh nba offseason i was gonna do draft free agency trade machine kind of stuff decided right now since there is still quite a bit of time i'll do trade machine teams and then where i have these teams in tiers just for the moment so let's start in the NFL. Uh, Thursday night, I don't think is what any, everybody really expected. The Falcons take down the Panthers, 25-17. The Falcons didn't blow a lead. It's kind of surprising. We're, we'll get to the Panthers because I do have them in my top 10 receiving cores. As with the Falcons, it was it was a great game. Teddy Bridgewater did get knocked out. Dirty hit. Suspensionized. Fine at the very least, definitely could be suspendable. But yeah, I think the real story of this is just the Falcons. They come off that one-point loss last week, Todd Gurley, which I, I just saw today, that he they were mic'd up for that moment, and Matt Ryan told him, don't get the first down and get down. And sure, he's getting tackled and he's fighting against that, but he has a lot more time than I think he realized to just get down. And he's done it before, but... Just couldn't do it that time. P.J. Walker did come in. He's a great story. Comes from the XFL. Now defunct, but defunct, debunked. Whatever the well, actually the league that the Rock's gonna bring back. Um. So yeah, Falcons two and six. Panthers at three and five. That really hurts the Panthers' playoff chances. I, I do like them as a dark horse team. And actually, before we get into uh, the games. Uh, I do power rankings every week. Uh, Jack Dash Dion ninety nine dot blogspot dot com, and this is what I have for week eight. I have seven Super Bowl contenders. So Pittsburgh is now one. I think I've had. It's kind of jumped Kansas City, Seattle. We've jumped around a little bit. I think Pittsburgh proved last week that they should have blown out the Titans, but still held on for the victory. I have them at one. I got Kansas City at two. They added Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're just a good duo, and again, they'll be a part of the receiving core. Tampa, they looked really good against Vegas. Or, sorry, Seattle at three. I don't think we can really, especially where you see where Arizona is, especially in the playoff race right now, I don't think you can really downgrade Seattle too far. Um four is Tampa they just added Antonio Brown and they got better which is I don't want to say shocking but that's definitely not where I expected them Scotty Miller is their leading wide receiver again a Tom Brady staple a little five foot ten five foot eleven white guy and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin although Chris Godwin out this week for their game but and Rob Gronkowski they tie I think I said it on like Monday, Tuesday, that uh, Brady and Gronk were tied for second all-time in 
touchdown between a quarterback and any receiver, most between a quarterback and tight end. They're chasing Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, who have 118, and they're at 92. Not really attainable, but... So Tampa 4, I got Green Bay 5. They play Minnesota this week. Aaron Rodgers really showed... I mean, the Texans, actually, it's it's credit to Deshaun Watson. 35-20, to 20, again, sounds... It sounds worse than it actually was. Watson really saved that Texans team. Aaron Rodgers was a man on a mission. Devontae Adams had a career day. So I got Packers at five. Baltimore at six. Again, Baltimore, we have two. No matter how you really want to cut it, you have two top ten teams facing each other this week. In Baltimore and Pittsburgh, depends where you want to rank them. I think Baltimore, I think I had them at six, and I think they just kind of stay where they are. I don't really think there's too much movement. It's this is a big week for Lamar to prove himself against good defense. Number seven, Tennessee. Again, a close loss to Pittsburgh. Steven Guskowski, I think, has missed by far the most field goals this year. Not really Tennessee's fault, but once playoff time comes, I think they're gonna have trouble against those better teams. So that's it for Super Bowl contenders. Playoff contenders is eight through fourteen. I got the Rams they're solid but they're bound to let us down they were really good against the bears and they're playing the dolphins this week to us this first game it's a, you can kind of see where that's going especially with the lethal offense or the lethal defense and honestly just aaron donald that the rams have uh nine i got new orleans they're coming off uh Maybe they even played that. I was doing most of that off memory. The Saints are coming off the close win against the Panthers. They don't look that impressive. But still, they're just they're lingering. They're there. They could be a playoff team. Depends. Nine and ten to me are split, so ten I have Arizona. Kyler Murray and that defense really showed up against Russell Wilson. I don't think anybody really expected them to for Seattle to lose that game. I think it's credit to Arizona and to me they're only building towards a, a playoff resume, I guess, and especially without Chandler Jones. that To me, I thought that was their defense, but people have stepped up in his absence. 11, I've got Indy. They were on their bye week last week. Yeah, I, did that. I, did, I doubted myself. They played Detroit this week. I think this is a very hit-or-miss game for the Colts. I could really see them losing, but again, we'll get into it once they come. The defense is really good. It's really Philip Rivers seems like the, not even the problem, but just doesn't seem like he's really part of the solution. Uh, 12, Buffalo. They play New England. They've had to play Kansas City and Tennessee the last couple of weeks. They got back to their winning ways against the Jets. They were heavy favorites, didn't cover, but still got the win. I don't think they scored a touchdown, similar to what Denver did to New England a couple weeks ago. Buffalo's really, like, I I had them a lot higher. They haven't really impressed me yet, and the reason they're there is because there's no one else really in their division that's challenging at this point. 13, San Francisco beat the Rams, absolutely demolished the Patriots. I don't know how much credit everyone's giving them for that but I think the way Jimmy G came in against his old team against a coach that clearly loves him or appreciated him as a quarterback 
they really they dominated. It's their run game. It's it's so in this group alone, eight, ten, thirteen are all from the same division. It's it's not too far fetched to think all four NFC West teams could make playoffs, just based on the competition. Fourteen, I've got Cleveland. They had that embarrassing loss to Pittsburgh, came back, and barely barely beat the Bengals. I think I don't know who to attest that to, so I decided that we're gonna give Baker the benefit of the doubt in this one and. It was just a good Joe Burrow game. He kept them in it against a great Bengals defense or Browns defense with a horrible offensive line. All right, now I got this somewhere in between group. 15 Chicago, bad loss to the Rams. They faced the Saints this week. It's a real not do or die because they're five and two, but they five and two. Yeah, five and two against the four and two Saints. I think this is the Bears defense chance to really dominate a game especially Drew Brees not probably not so great weather in Chicago and it's it's a match of upset potential 16 I got Philly not much really to say again it's kind of similar to Buffalo there's just no one else in their division that's really challenging them hosting Dallas this week We'll just we'll just have to see 17 Carolina just lost to Atlanta lost to New Orleans again they're a borderline playoff team but I think the NFC West is too good that it might be the Bears and two NFC West teams at this rate 18 the Chargers Justin Herbert just got his first win I think they're a lot better than their record shows and I don't know missing Darwin James is definitely going to make a difference for the rest of the year as a and it sucks that this Chargers team, I mean, it, it'll be fun for next year, but what's the fun of looking forward to next year? 19, I just meant for the Chargers, not in general. Uh, 19, the Raiders, I think they're better than people realize. Um, Brady and the Bucks are just really good. I think the Raiders' offense is good. Their defense is okay. It's good enough to keep them in games. Josh Jacobs, they kind of have a good, balanced, all-around attack. 20, New England. Like how we don't know where they are at this rate. Cam is a few weeks off of coming back from COVID. I think it's a big impact that people aren't really taking into account. I mean, if we're... If we're doubting Bill Belichick, he'll prove us wrong, which is why I think 20 is the perfect spot because the next group is the frisky but not ready. Most of them just because it's too young. 21, so right behind New England is Miami. If they kept Fitzpatrick in, I would probably put Miami ahead of New England just based on how they've been playing. And I I don't really like – I like Tua. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. I just don't know if now is really the time. If Fitzpatrick was struggling, it kind of happened with Baker Mayfield. He was behind Terod Taylor. And, I mean, obviously, this year, Terod Taylor had the incident with the needle. Herbert stepped in big time. I just don't really know if this was the time to bring in Tua. But I think this Dolphins team is pretty underrated at this rate. 22, I got Detroit. Beat the Falcons because they got the ball back if... If Todd Gurley went down, they would probably lose that game and wouldn't really be talking about it. But 
here we are anyways. Their offense is good. Their defense is not very good. I don't think Matt Patricia is really doing a good job with this team, but Matt Stafford and the offense are saving it. 23 Cincinnati. Again, they're 1-6. and six. They're not that they're a good team. They're 1-5-1. and one. I keep forgetting about that tie with the Eagles, which kind of looks more impressive because you're going to tie a probable division winner. It's kind of cool. Burrow's good. They have no offensive line. Their defense isn't very good. They traded Carlos Dunlap this week to Seattle, who seemed to be happy about it. I don't think they should really trade anyone else. You're going to get a top five, top ten pick. Get an offensive lineman. Build that off. Build your team around Burrow. And next year, again, looking forward to next year isn't great, but they're going to have an even more fun team. And Burrow's fun to watch. He And honestly, at this rate, he just covers, so interesting to see 24 Houston again this is really just kind of Deshaun Watson for me he kept them in that game it should have been a bigger blowout than it actually was and he just needs better weapons around him and they're talking about trading Will Fuller for a third or fourth round pick I don't really think that's worth much but you have your quarterback for the future if you're Houston. That's kind of what's important right now. Uh, 25, Denver. Drew Locke. I'm kind of seeing doubts that he's their quarterback for the future. Their defense, obviously, is missing Vaughn Miller, which is a huge piece. Again, this is this is almost a look forward to next year group. 26, Washington. <clears throat> they need a quarterback. Alex Smith is not up to par Dwayne Haskins I don't think has it with this team and Kyle Allen is getting wins he's keeping them competitive but they need a cornerstone quarterback for this team 27 the Giants they had that good game good Thursday night game they play Monday this week against Tampa Bay I think they get steamrolled their offense is really not that good their defense is probably underrated but that is why they're 27th they're not a playoff. Con- I mean, they have to be considered a playoff contender if the Eagles start to fall off. But all right, second last category: the disappointments. Twenty-eight Minnesota. I got sucked in with that Seattle game. I thought they were good. They play Green Bay this week. I don't even think you could bet on it because I think Green Bay is gonna steamroll them. 29 Dallas, 29 and 30 were to me really the debates, 29 Dallas, it's Andy Dalton so has a concussion, Dak's obviously done for the year, it's Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert is their backup, I don't, I don't know where the good in this team is, Zeke doesn't look good, their defense is horrendous and they don't even have a competent quarterback, honestly they I did these power rankings before that Carolina-Atlanta game, so Atlanta's at 30. They would probably be 28 now, so not really that much of a difference. Their offense is good. They have to worry now about Calvin Ridley being out, but for now, just celebrate the win. They're going to get a – I mean, they might not get a top-10 pick now if they start winning, but that's what the Falcons do. They disappoint. 31, Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew has a thumb issue, I believe. Doubtful, questionable, whatever, for this game. It's it's tough. It's 
a young quarterback again Jacksonville I think needs a franchise quarterback and I don't really believe Gardner Minshew is that James Robinson has been really good this year but their defense is pedestrian and Minshew is the only reason they were really in games and last category again they get their own category because they're that bad it's the New York Jets they're horrible there's just I don't know what the strong point of their team is I think they're even still trying to find it Uh, they host Kansas City this week and I've been seeing spreads of like 21 20 I got bid on that last week with the Jets with the Jets and Bills but this week I'm staying away from it but I guess we'll get there so let's get to the games uh, again, New England at Buffalo. Cam, what are we expecting? The Bills are favored by three and a half. I think that's a little light. I don't think we've seen anything from this New England team that tells us they're going to be a playoff team. Unless they really start picking it up now. Stephon Gilmore didn't even travel to Buffalo. He's not playing. That's their best defensive player. I don't think Nikhil Harry's playing. One of the... Because all I saw was is the Patriots wide receivers or the best defensive player and their best wide receiver aren't playing. I don't know who their best wide receiver is. Could be Julian Edelman. Could be Nikhil Harry. Take the Bills. I'll take the three and a half. It's their playoff team. They're a division winner. And that's that's really that's really it. Next up, Tennessee at Cincinnati. I think this spread's gone up since since the beginning of the week. Bengals plus five and a half at home. The Titans coming off that Steelers loss. Rejuvenated, maybe a little bit excited. All I know is this: I like the Titans to win. Joe Burrow covers, and that's a safe thing at this point. I'll, I'll take the five and a half. I think he keeps it close, but in the end, the Titans are a playoff team. They're Super Bowl contender. Next up, Vegas at Cleveland. Cleveland minus two and a half. This is such an interesting game because both of these teams are bound to disappoint at some level. I'll take the Raiders plus the points, and you know what? I'll I'm still back and forth on that. I'll check back in uh, Sunday morning. I'll have my picks up again. Blog be in the description. Uh, this is such a fascinating game, and I don't know if this is what part of the cycle Baker Mayfield cycle we're on, but I guess we'll figure out Monday where we are. Uh, next up, Colts at the Lions. Lions plus two and a half. Both of these teams are bound to the Colts fall into the disappointment category just in terms of week one. They were my eliminator pick. They will let you down at every level. So give me the Lions plus two and a half. I'll take them to win. Matt Stafford offense versus Phillip Rivers. They could both throw, throw for 300 plus yards and in a shootout, I would prefer the Lions. Next up, Minnesota at Green Bay. Green Bay minus five, minus six and a half. So, touchdown to win. The Vikings are one and five. Green Bay is five and one. They're kind of on opposite trajectories. I think Green Bay wins. I don't really think that's a question. I'm going to take Minnesota to cover, though. I like, I don't like the Vikings. They're pretty bad, but 
I don't know why. I just think this is going to be a close game. Again, last second, this could be a switch up, but I just my gut tells me the Vikings keep it within a touchdown. And here it is, the big spread. New York Jets. Oh, they're at Kansas City. Oh, that makes it even worse. Kansas City minus 19 and a half. I think it's a little high. I don't think it's a question that the Chiefs win. They should be everybody's eliminator pick if you didn't already take them. I'll take the Jets plus 19 and a half, though. I think I don't think the Chiefs care about covering and Well, I mean, why should they? They're trying to win a Super Bowl, but I think the Jets can score some points, and the Chiefs might even put in their backups if they're up enough. And garbage time. A garbage time backdoor cover is exactly what the Jets could do. Uh, Next up, Rams at the Dolphins. Dolphins plus three and a half. To a debut again against Aaron Donald and that potent Rams defense. It's really keep it simple. I'll take the Rams. I'll take the minus three and a half. I think Tua is going to be good. I think this is going to be a big learning experience, but I just don't think he's ready for a defense like this. All right. One of the two candidates for sure for game of the week, Pittsburgh going down to the bank, facing the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens minus three and a half at home. Steelers again coming off that big win against the Titans. Ravens coming off a bye. John Harbaugh. Pretty favorable record after after a bye. This game's so hard, and again, it's going to be a last-second call, but right now, just looking at it, if it's two good teams like this, give me the plus points. I'll take the plus three and a half with Pittsburgh. My gut still tells me Baltimore wins, but we'll just have to see at game time. Next up, into the 4 o'clock window, because the NFL doesn't know how to schedule Sundays. Uh, the LA Chargers at Denver. Denver plus two and a half. So it should have been a better game. I thought Denver was going to be a playoff team. They lost Cortland, Cortland Sutton for the year, obviously. No Von Miller. I mean, the Chargers still lost Derwin James. I think this is a great young quarterback matchup, and I hope it's a shootout. Chargers minus three and a half on the road. I'll take those points with the Chargers. I trust them to win. I don't. I don't trust this Broncos team as much as I thought I would. The Chargers have turned into the team that I thought the Broncos were, with a young, exciting quarterback, enough weapons to keep them, to keep teams guessing. But I guess the Chargers. Uh, next up, Saints at the Bears. Bears plus two and a half. This is my I don't want to say upset pick, but I like the Bears here. I think their defense is going to cause problems for Drew Brees. I don't think he can really throw as far or as hard as he used to. I think that's going to be a problem in Chicago, especially we're talking a cold weather game. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is going to make a difference. I don't know. Nick Foles, why not? Roll the dice. If they lose to the Saints, they're going to lose in the playoffs anyways. Unless this is this is the unless this is the Saints year that they underachieve in the regular season, squeeze into the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. I don't know if we see that coming though. Next up, uh, San Francisco 49ers going to Seattle. Seattle minus three and a half. Two great games last year. Bound to not disappoint again this year. This time they flipped. Week 17 was in Seattle. This year it'll be in San Francisco. Three and a half. Give me the points. Give me plus three and a half of the Niners. I'll, t- I'll s- still take the Seahawks to win. 
not fully confident in that. I don't know what 49ers team. We've seen so many different versions of them that have looked good and bad. I'll trust Russell Wilson. Sunday night, Dallas at Philadelphia. That's a bad game. And then you also can look at Dallas-Philly. Why is that not the 4 o'clock Fox game? That's Saints-Bears or Niners-Seahawks. Why isn't why aren't one of those the Sunday night game? Because that's my... You could even argue Steelers-Ravens should be Sunday night. But no, we're getting Ben DiNucci versus Carson Wentz instead of Roethlisberger-Lamar or Saints-Bears or Russell Wilson-Jimmy G. There's just... It's annoying. Minus six and a half. Give me the Eagles. The Cowboys suck. They give up 35 plus points a game now I think I don't know just seems maybe even a little too easy but that's just where my head goes finally Monday night Tampa at the New York Giants Giants plus 10 and a half on a Monday night I think this is bound to let me down I think the spread is 10 and a half I don't even know if the Giants score more than 10 points I'll take the I'll take the bucks I'll take the minus 10 and a half if it disappoint, if they disappoint on a prime time stage, it's not really going to surprise me. I'm kind of ready for this to be a trap, but give me the bucks, give me the points, and for the rest of these picks, you can check out blog for Jack of a Better Name, Jack Dash Dion ninety nine dot blogspot dot com. Uh, so that's it for the NFL. Let's go NBA. I kind of wanted to jam a whole bunch of NBA stuff into this one, but I realized that there's so much time that I don't even want to do draft stuff right now. I can do that. Now, like the draft, when is the NBA draft? Let's let's do a quick little live Google because I'm pretty sure it's December or November, November 18th. Yeah, there's there's time for that. So I guess let's do, let's just do the tiers for next year and just for right now because obviously there is enough free agents out there that and teams that can make trades that this is perfectly possible to flip all right so i got five categories let's go from the bottom up because i don't really want to talk about the bottom teams that much all right this is to me these are the four just bad teams Actually, you know what? No, we're not going to three bad teams. We're moving a team up. This is really in no particular particular order. The Knicks, they have the eighth pick in the draft, the ninth pick. And when I saw mock draft, or eighth pick in the draft, yeah, they got Cole Anthony. I think that'd be a fun pick. I feel like they also have... 13,000 point guards. Unless someone falls, unless they can get a LaMelo ball at eight, which I don't think is really realistic, unless they trade up for him. I think LaMelo ball in New York is is really fun. I know LeVar said he wants him in Detroit or New York. And personally, I'm going to say Detroit, although the Knicks would be fun, just because there's a famous clip from the ball and the family the show about them where they're in Detroit and LaMelo doesn't understand states and cities because they're arguing about oh no they're in 
Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I think that Philadelphia is the state or like that Pennsylvania is the city. And they start like it's LaMelo and I think LiAngelo are making fun of the guy for saying, oh, like you think you think you think Pennsylvania is a state? And he's like, yeah, it is. It kind of shows the like they didn't really not that they didn't. I don't want to say they didn't go to school, but they were a top high school basketball team. I think majority of their time was spent playing basketball, especially knowing they could get to this level. And then LaMelo just drops just drops the greatest line ever, which is, I know Michigan in Detroit, which had it backwards. I think his mom went to school. I think that's why he said it, but he got it completely wrong. It is hilarious and cringy. If you ever want to look that up, it's 100% a great laugh. But yeah, so the Knicks, Detroit, they don't have they have Blake Griffin who says he's feeling better. I think he's a great trade candidate, but I don't think he's going to help this Pistons team. I just think they're bad. And Cleveland. Again, Cleveland has good players. Why would you bring back Andre Drummond? You're not doing anything with him. They're going to pay him $28 million to play on a 15-win team, 15-20 win team. It just doesn't really make sense. They have the 5th pick. Again, they could take LaMelo Ball. They already have two guards. They could take the kid from Israel, uh, Avisha. I don't remember how to say his name. Um, even like a Killian Hayes, there's there's options there, but Cleveland just doesn't look like they have assets. Again, no particular order. This is the borderline playoff teams, which is good. That there's only, to me, really three bad teams. So, again, no particular order. Minnesota. Towns and Russell, they're going to have a full year together. They have the number one pick or whatever assets they can get. To me, I would just take Anthony Edwards. I think he's the safest pick in this draft. I don't know defensively how well he's going to work with Russell, but they're going to have a third guy. They're going to have a chance at the playoffs, but there's also a lot of good playoff teams. Next, Atlanta. I know this sound, it sounds dumb, but I think Trey Young might be a little... Steve Nash-ish, like Steve Nash light, that maybe he can carry this team to have the sixth pick. Again, they can they can have someone on their roster that's going to make an immediate impact. They have a lot of there's trade options. They have, I've even seen like a DeMar DeRozan floated around. I think defensively he wouldn't help them, but offensively it's a bona fide scorer that I think a lot of people are starting to underrate, which is fun. I guess coming from Toronto makes sense. Oh, I didn't even do... Actually, okay, we're going to go through these tiers, and then I'm going to go through my top 10, the wide receiving cores. Um, Sacramento, the the team I moved up, I thought they'd be bad, but I'm just assuming they're going to make some dumb trade. Uh, they do not... Oh, yeah, they have the 12th pick. What do you even do? Their team right now looks good. It's a fun young team. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, uh, Bogdan, Bogdanovich... Um, Marvin Bagley I think they kind of need a center if Harry Giles isn't going to develop into that they're not bad but I mean a borderline playoff team they did go to the bubble but didn't really do much next up Charlotte Charlotte has the third pick they love James Wiseman they might pick up a trade up to pick him at number one I don't really know how smart that is they have a like good base for a team it's miles bridges pj washington 
I guess Malik Monk, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. They have pieces there that kind of make sense. I don't know if they all make sense together, but they definitely need a center. They need an anchor, and I think drafting one, and they probably end up signing one. Uh, San Antonio, I assume DeRozan doesn't come back. I like that three-guard setup. I think they just needed more size. Marcus Aldridge playing your four or five is definitely better than DeMar DeRozan being your four. Just defensively, it makes more sense. Pop's a great coach. He can he can bring them close. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they could be close. And finally, if, if from this group, if they don't blow it up, which I think is definitely an option, they have the fourth pick. Chicago Bulls, again, I saw them taking LaMelo Ball. I don't know why you would do that with Kobe White and Zach Levine. I think that's a recipe for disaster. But they also have Lowry Markinen, who every team should be calling. He could really be a stretch five if you want him to. And Wendell Carter, who hasn't really gotten a fair shot to be a good quality NBA center. All right, this is the close but playoffs-ish, I guess, just slightly above. So... Uh, I'd put Utah here because I don't know what they do. They might trade Rudy Gobert. I don't think that's smart. I think they have a decent... I don't want to give them too much credit. They have a good enough core. Donovan Mitchell is your leading scorer. Bogdanovich. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is a 20-point-a-game scorer last year. Joe Ingles. Jordan Clarkson. Again, Gobert. I just think the rest of the West gets better, and they're kind of staying the same. Mike Connolly, too. They just kind of... I don't really see how they improve unless they really try to blow up this team. Uh, Memphis almost made the playoffs. Fun, young team. Uh, they don't have a lottery pick, but obviously they made the pl- or almost made the playoffs. Um... Yeah, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. Actually, I don't know if Jaron Jackson Jr. will even be back for the season. Because I know he got hurt. Um, He really could be a five if you want him to. And torn meniscus might be a little bit longer than you think. So I still think John Morant is good enough to bring this team at least close to a playoff spot. Washington, seeing it, I don't know really know why Washington should be ahead of Chicago. I think I might, just thinking about it, probably bump them down. John Wall come back, Bradley Beal. They have the number nine pick, which, again, there's a lot of options there. There's trade potential. Davis Bertans isn't going to come back. They don't really have a quality center. Rui Hachimura is good. They have good young pieces, but yeah, no, I think that category is even a little high. Um, the last one of this category, Orlando. They can make the playoffs with the roster they always have, but it's just always going to disappoint. So what's what's the point of bringing it back to be the 7 or 8 seed, win game 1, and then the number 1 or number 2 seed, demolishes you for the next four games I just I wouldn't want to come back to that team it's the same thing every year it's Evan Fournier Aaron Gordon Nikola Vucevic I think they're great they have great assets to make a trade to gain some more assets and 
not blow it up, but what's the point of being a playoff team if you're not going to do anything, especially in the East? All right, almost contenders. Again, no order. Philly, they could be a trade team. They got that Al Horford to buy his Harris contracts. They spend too much money on them. They need better shooters around Ben Simmons and Embiid because I think they're giving this team another chance. Toronto, they bring back Van Vliet probably. They need a big. Obviously, if you can bring back Ibaka and someone else, that's really, that's really what this team needs. I mean, Terrence Davis did get arrested so that's he has a uh, court date in december i think that's going to be a bigger deal than people realize that's a huge impact on their team and obviously just for him personally golden state number one trade team what are they going to do they have that number two pick could they just stay and pick wiseman sure could they uh they had a workout with the kid from israel at vija uh they pick Lamelo. That doesn't really make sense. Anthony Edwards doesn't make sense. One of those centers, if they grow with that team, would be amazing. They have that Wiggins contract. He makes way too much money. They have they have the pieces there to make a trade and make this team a lot better. Dallas, Luca, another year. Chris Stapps coming back healthy, hopefully. They have a lot of expiring contracts. There's a trade there. There's a signing. And obviously next year, if Giannis is available, he's gonna be that's gonna be one of the places he might go. Why why wouldn't you want to go there to play with Luca? They probably get rid of Chris Stapps if they get Giannis, but that's a duo that could take over the league for the next ten to fifteen years. Uh Houston, they're kinda there. Westbrook Harden, no more Daryl Morey. Is this team going to be the same? Are they going to go get a center? They're interesting. They're a playoff team most likely unless someone gets hurt or Russell Westbrook really falls off a cliff. But they're still in this category for now. OKC, again, they're in this category. might be a little high, but I'm just assuming they keep Chris Paul because why wouldn't you run run it back with this team? They almost made the second round. They lost a game seven to Houston. It's... Something that not a lot of people would expect. Chris Paul, Schroeder, Shea Gilgis, probably not bringing back Gallinari, Lou Dort, Stephen Adams. They've got they've got the guys in place at least. Then their death pieces always seem to step up in the right moments. Portland, full season of CJ and Dame, hopefully. I think Gary Trent was probably one of the bigger revelations of the playoffs. I know they got knocked out in the first round, so it's something we don't really talk about as much. I think he is great, especially for a closing lineup that is Dame, CJ, Trent, Carmelo, and Nurkic. I think that's a that's a playoff team. That's a second or third round team, at least to me. Uh, Indiana, again, they might be a little high. I think they kind of need to trade Miles Turner, I think. Miles Turner plus another contract for Gordon Hayward. Why not? So uh, you move Sabonis to the five, and then your lineup is something like Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Hayward, and whichever forward spot, and Sabonis at the five. I think that's a offensively modern team, and defensively they can they can do enough. 
All right, final category, the contenders. I think the Lakers have to be the number one team. Anthony Davis is going to come back. I think if they lost, it would have been interesting because then all the Knicks rumors would have started. He's going to come back. The Lakers are have another couple moves in them. They're going to have to sign depth pieces. They're going to build this team with mid-level and league minimum guys. But it's LeBron and Anthony Davis, so... That's really all you need to start. Miami, they were in the finals. They are probably going to bring back most of their team. I think Dragic is really the wild card. They still have $33 million of cap room. Are they going to spend it now to try to get another guy? Are they going to wait till next year for Giannis? They kind of seem like a good fit for them, but Miami's still there. Boston, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They have the 14th pick. They might trade. Marcus Smart apparently could be traded. Kemba Walker. They kind of need a big. Tice is good, but not really a starter level playoff quality. It's big, especially against the bigger, like Bam, Bam Adebayo. That's not someone Daniel Tice is really a good matchup for. The Clippers, you assume they're coming back. Apparently, Paul George could be traded, which I think is a little ridiculous. They don't have any other assets. Montrez Harrell's probably going to leave. They should probably trade Lou Will. They looked, they're looked. they looking at Rajon Rondo. They are kind of a mess, but once, you, once we get to December, January, or whenever we're starting the season, and you look at the Clippers, they're still going to have Kawhi and Paul George, most likely, and that's a playoff team. That's a contending team. Milwaukee, I put them a little lower just because they've disappointed. And this really, again, Giannis can sign the Supermax extension to really commit to the next four years with these Bucks, with this Bucks team. And I don't know how realistic that is. They need good shooting around him. Chris Middleton is a little overpaid, but unless you're flipping him for Victor Oladipo, I don't really know what else you do with Middleton besides just plug him into your lineup. And he's a consistent enough score and an all-star Brooklyn this is this is the wild card of the contenders besides the besides the Clippers uh, Kevin Durant's coming back from the Achilles injury hasn't played in over a year and a half now similar to Clay Thompson Kyrie it's he's a wild card in himself who do they bring back? Is Karis LeVert their third guy? Do they try to trade him and Spencer Dinwiddie to get someone else? DeAndre Jordan versus Jared Allen seems like a debate that a lot of people are having, but it's really just DeAndre Jordan is friends with Kyrie and Durant, so that's why he's there. Joe Harris, do you bring him back? He was a, he was great in that Raptors series until he got hurt or had to leave, whatever happened to him in the bubble. It's They're fun. They're interesting, and... They're a contender. Like four teams in the Atlantic, besides the Knicks, are contenders, really, or they could be. Finally, Denver. I think they deserve to be in this category. Jokic and Murray really proved themselves in the playoffs. They have moves to make. They've been after Drew Holiday for a while. Maybe this is the time that they actually pull the trigger on a deal like that. Should be fun to see. I mean, for the next few weeks, the NBA, we have, we're going to have a bunch of speculation and rumors trades free agency all that all that fun stuff all right before we go top 10 receiving cores 10 i got buffalo they added digs 
Beasley, John Brown, their tight ends okay. Single Terry, Zach Moss out of the backfield. They do enough to get there. Nine, the Chargers. Again, I, I put this in order, but didn't really order them too well. Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams looks really good. Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Again, anybody out of their backfield. Jackson, Kelly. You, honestly, they're just plug-and-play kind of guys. Eight, Carolina. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel is probably the most underrated trio. Tight end position isn't great. Christian McCaffrey can run and receive for a thousand yards every year. Seven Seattle DK Metcalf. Obviously, we saw the tackle with Buda Baker. Him, Tyler Lockett. That's really enough. They're tight ends. You can kind of plug any of them in. Greg Olson, Will Disley. You could put any any of them in there, and Russell Wilson's going to make them effective. And they could be adding Josh Gordon. So that's that's a plus. Six, San Francisco, George Kittle is the best tight end of the league, at least to me. He blocks really well, but he's also a really good receiver. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, they're going to grow together, really, which is kind of fun to look at. Um, five, Atlanta, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, who got hurt. Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, even Todd Gurley, if you really want to unleash him catching out of the backfield. I don't think he's really built for that, but it's a potent wide receiving core. Did I say Russell Gage? Russell Gage is also, he's a great third option, or even fourth. For Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league besides Julio. I think Hopkins is actually better. And then Larry Fitzgerald, in the twilight of his career, still an efficient receiver. Christian Kirk fine receiver on himself tight end again kind of plug and play guys Kenyon drake chase edmonds they can make an impact out of the backfield uh three kansas city how can you argue with kansas city travis kelsey i think is the second best tight end behind george kittle tyree kill mccall hardman demarcus robinson sammy watkins they just have options galore clyde edwards alaire levy on bell they're gonna get damian williams back next year it's just and then you throw on their quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, and it makes them look exponentially better. Now, the real debate was one and two. I put Pittsburgh at two. And I don't know how I feel about that. I think this week is going to be very telling for them. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson had two touchdowns last year. Or last year, last week. Uh, Chase Claypool had the four-touchdown game against Philly. They kind of can run any play for all of them, and... They're all sure-handed wide receivers. James Washington, Eric Ebron, even Vance McDonald. I think Vance McDonald is still on the team. Big Ben hasn't looked as great. I think it's the receiving core that makes him look better. And number one, talked about them earlier, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans is a touchdown machine. He could really have three catches a game, and they're all touchdowns. Chris Godwin is a burner. Scotty Miller is a perfect slot receiver, especially for Brady. Uh... They have three tight ends that are realistic options. Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, who got hurt, and Rob Gronkowski, who we thought was just going to be a blocker, and they've kind of unleashed him a little bit. And they're going to probably add Antonio Brown to this team as long as everything goes smoothly. All right, so that's that's about it. Episode Monday night, Tuesday morning. Usual NFL will probably move on to a different 
NBA topic, maybe some trade options, free agency, see what's going on in the NHL. I know the Mitchell Miller story, the Arizona Coyotes draft pick, draft pick who they renounced his rights because of a bullying scandal. I think it's progressive of the league to do, but not really something I wanted to take too much time to talk about. I think the kid got what he deserved. All right. Other than that, anything you can, anything you want to see in the network, you can check out Instagram, anything in the description below. And besides that, we'll see you next time.